this guy will argue anything. I'm the tag team champions. 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 Have an opinion? You seem angry. According to Dangerous Dave, your opinion is wrong. Take it easy, man. You're about to experience spare change on Wrestling Audio. Welcome to WrestlingAudio.com, my name's Dangerous Dave and you're listening to Spare Change. This is going to be another sort of look at the wrestling business and I'm going to be looking at ECW. Um, if you recently re- re- listened to my death of WCW and of the reasons why WCW died, um, this is my sort of, sort, sort of my, my opinion, my view version of the ECW uh, reason for the ECW as well. Um, as always, if you want to go to touch me, easiest way is on Twitter at DGS316 through the Wrestling Order website, through the Facebook page, lots of ways to get in touch with me. Now, ECW is a, if you are not aware of who ECW are, you kind of need to switch off now. Go back to the network or anywhere else, just type in ECW into YouTube, you will find what ECW means. Extreme Championship Wrestling was a company that lasted about five, six years from about 94 to 90 to 2001. They were run initially by, I believe it was Eddie Gilbert and Todd Todd Gordon. And then they, um, they obviously, they brought in a clever guy by the name of Paul Heyman. You may have heard of him. And he, um, he basically revolutionized the wrestling business. If you haven't watched any of the documentaries about OECW, you really need to. There's... Um, there's obviously the WWE one, the rise and fall of ECW, and there was a independent one called Forever Hardcore, uh, which is which is great. But if you watch any of the like the documents about like Paul Heyman, Mick Foley, um, there's a, there's there's quite a few um, what ones where they, they talk about obviously ECW and things like that. So it's definitely a it's, they're definitely a company that deserves to be talked about. Um, a lot of people they sort of give them. Not as much Jews as they would with something like WCW or or any of the other ones, really, NWA, uh, you know, the WCCW, mainly because, as I say, they really only were in existence for five or so years. However, when you actually consider that, the amount, the things they were able to do in five years is astounding. You know, when you look at something like Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor is probably the best example we can give to ECW, is that Ring of Honor are a... A regional company, you know, they are basically an indie company. You know, they were syndicated. Unless you knew where to find Ring of Honor, you weren't going to find Ring of Honor. I mean, I'm, I I live here, obviously in the UK. Unless I can find it, I can't watch Ring of Honor. You know, there, there just isn't. The, there's the new uh, the app, the Fight, Fight Fight TV app, I think it is, and that is the only way I can watch uh, Ring of Honor. And to be honest, it's not the best stable app. To be honest, so I, it's not one that I would I would uh, I would use myself. I tried to use that say um, weeks ago when I was doing the All In thing, but uh, just it just wasn't as stable as, as as people would think. But it's it's you know. It, the same thing with ECW. ECW was a syndicated show. I mean, in the UK, we never got ECW. I, I, I didn't know what ECW was until ECW died and then everything came out. Uh, I think I, my only exposure to something like ECW was on when I was reading things like PWI and they'd mention this company called ECW. But I, I, I think the only other uh, recollection I have is in the Beyond the Mat um documentary i think it was 98 99 which if you if you do um 
I think it's on the Fight Network, actually, the Fight TV thing. It's, it is on there. Again, it's not the most stable of things. Uh, but if you if you did want to watch it, it's on there. And they do go through, I think it's up to the first uh, pay-per-view they have. So all the things that went with that. Um, so I'm going to be looking at, not the rise and fall, but the fall of ECW and why it happened. Now, unlike WCW, where there are clear reasons why ECW died, uh, why WCW died, ECW is a little bit of a grey area because ECW is probably the only company where they could go out of business and still have a mass amount of fans. Now, if you if you uh, if you you know if you listen to my last show, you listen to you, anything to do with WCW, they were doing nitros where they were drawing one thousand. 2,000 people, whereas previously they could literally put WCW will be in New York or wherever it was, and they could draw 10, 15, 20,000 people. They couldn't draw, they can they can draw fleas in a flea circus, as they say. And uh, that's the thing about ECW is they say, you know, that last, I think there's an interview with Paul Heyman where he says, the last six months of ECW, they made more money during that time than they did you know the the whole existence of ECW. However, because of the extended you know contracts and and costs and everything like that, it really didn't mean anything, which was a shame. Uh, so I'm going to be looking at the, the fall of ECW and the, the the few reasons why this happened. Now these aren't really in any kind of order. You could really put like a, a center pole in any of these and say this is the reason why why they died. But there are certain reasons probably more 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 uh more to blame than others and number five i have paul Heyman. now i know i just i'm gonna back up on my because i i just call him a genius paul Heyman was and he'll he'll openly admit he was his own worst enemy you know paul Heyman was the guy who would make the bad business decisions he would he would be the ones who would have fights with the network, the executives and the people who did everything. And uh, rather than, because he was so paranoid, there's a story Bubba, Bubba Ray tells about how they could literally ship their, their tape for about $100. But because he was so paranoid, he would ship it on a special sort of um, shipping c- company and it would cost something like $1,000, $2,000. So they were just hemorrhaging money because of these bad uh, deals. The only saving grace of Paul Heyman was that he was so good at what he did in regards to booking and and motivating. You know, they would they would talk about how he would you know the checks would be bouncing left, right, and centre, but he would give them these motivational speeches that would make you go out there and 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 want to destroy yourself. You know, to 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 get the people to come back and and uh, and have a great time and all that type of thing and. Paul Heyman, you know, as I say, he was his own worst enemy. If you watch, I don't know if it's all on on the network. If you watch that last two, three months of ECW on TNN, Paul Heyman, whenever he was appearing, was a complete time bomb waiting to go off. I mean, you could tell that he was the guy who... But, you know, he wasn't going to... You know, you know, Eric Bischoff always says, you know, you know Paul Heyman was a great guy a great guy where I'd never want to do business with him. And that's probably the best example of anyone, any sort of example anyone would say to him, because that's probably true. 
you know, a lot of people said that they wouldn't want to do business with, with someone like a Paul Heyman. And that's that's the issue when you are a big company negotiating deals with for video games and T-shirts and DVDs and videos and all of that stuff. When you've got someone like Paul Heyman, who is the head honcho making these deals, and he is noted as being someone who wants it his way or no way, it becomes an issue where the, the stories of how he would basically, he would, he would hold. He would. He, there was a story about how he was trying to get a DVD deal with a company, and he basically said, "Well, you either give me this or you don't get anything." And the company was was so annoyed at what at this sort of like having a gun put to the head. They just said, "Well, we don't want it." The fact of the matter was, you know, it was there. You know, Paul Heyman would say, "You know, I've got six other companies that would willing to deal with me." When actually he didn't. He he. This was his only company, but it was his way of trying to get a better deal or a little bit of extra money or anything. And a lot of times it did blow up in his face. And Paul Heyman, unfortunately, as I say, that's probably you know he was his own worst enemy, and unfortunately one of the detriments of ECW. I'm going to couple these two together because they're kind of the same. Which is number four. It's WCW raiding ECW's talent slash. WWE stealing all their ideas. I think they both they're both exactly the same reasons, really. I mean, WCW basically opened up the checkbook and lured people like Sandman and basically anyone, anyone who you know, Raven, anyone who, anyone who uh, meant something to ECW, WCW would try and lure away with big contracts and big money. And a lot of times, you know, they'll say they'll say. The reason we took the, the money was because we weren't getting paid. Um, and there's that horrible thing of when, uh, where you kind of you do want to shout at them and say, "How dare you go to WCW or whoever it was?" But if you've got bills to pay, you, know, you can't really blame them for, um, for thinking about their family, thinking about their well-being. <clears throat> but on the other hand, obviously WWE stole all of their ideas. So you had barbed wire matches and. You have fire matches and tables and and you know hell in a cell and cage matches and just brutal stuff that they would do. The you know, the you know, they would say you know why would we watch ECW when we can watch it from WWE at a better quality as well. You know a lot of the times you know, as great as ECW was, it was a terrible quality of show. Um, a lot of the time, it was a show taped with like three cameras and it was very gritty and, and down to earth. Yes. But it also looked like someone had made it with like a handheld video camera. It didn't look as professional as something you know that Kevin Dunn's set up all the shots and everything. You know when you it's, it's that whole thing of you know we, we were talking about like the twenty year anniversary of McFoley on the Cell. You know if that had happened at ECW, there's no way that they would have had as many cameras on that show to to get the kind of you know that footage of McFoley coming off the cage. They probably wouldn't have got that. Because they wouldn't have been able to afford, you know, just to have a random camera at, you know, because really, what there was no reason for him to be there, uh, other than for that that moment. So there was there was an aspect of that the WWE did steal all their ideas: the ladders, the tables, the chairs, the blood, the the first blood matches, the say the the like inferno matches, and all these type of things that the um, ECW did and they just couldn't go the extra step to make it look like a Hollywood picture and unfortunately WWE had the money the resources to do that and number three I have basically in sort of the same level the contents of ECW 
Um, a lot of the time they said, you know, one of the reasons why ECW was hard to sell was because of the content of the show. I mean, when you've got a show where there's going to be blood and, you know, violence towards women and smoking and drinking and kendo sticks and you know, Singapore cane matches and, and barbed wire fence, you know, all this. When you actually take that as a tape, you know, and you give that to someone to, to sell, it's not the easiest sell. Um, if, if we're being brutally honest, if you are selling it to hardcore violent fans, then yes, absolutely. That they'll, they'll, eat that up in a heartbeat when you go to a network executive and say well after csi this is what you're going to put on or after who wants to be a millionaire or or or, or whatever the show would be after this you're going to put this on um if it's hbo i'm sure they'd, they'd, they'd eat it up but a normal network who play you know soap operas during the day are probably going to shy away from oh about nine o'clock there's going to be this violent it's a very violent show. And a lot of times it did hurt the company. You know, Vince McMahon always says that, you know, it, it was good to do it in you know, your pieces in here and there. But when it became every single show, that's when it became too much. And in a way it did. I mean, I've tried watching ECW from time to time, you know, and I, and I do think that there are times when you do, if you watch a, a, any of the ECW pay-per-views, the one thing you will always notice is this usually, let's just say there's eight matches. Four of the matches will usually be the best technical wrestling you'll ever see. There'll be Dean Malenko, Ray Mysterio on there, Eddie Guerrero, you, you, lot, you, Chris Jericho. A lot of great, great wrestling on there. And then there'll be four matches that just devolve into tables and blood and violence and, and it, you know, people being thrown, you know, thrown into the crowd. And it's, it's brutal to watch. There's times when you just think, you can't redo really that. And of course, the main thing that really hurt ECW was, of course, the mass transit incident, which if you don't know what that is, you may not want to Google or YouTube it, but I, and there was an incident with, um, where they were going to go on pay-per-view. I think it was 95 they were going to go on pay-per-view. And then a kid, he was only 16 or 17, I think it was, uh, he said that he was 18. He said he'd be wrestled. He said he'd been trained by Killer Kowalski and all these other things. Um, and he went up against New Jack. He gave him all these sort of, uh, he was very brash, very arrogant. New Jack made him bleed. And if you've ever seen the, 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 um, the, the video, the, uh, the YouTube video, which basically circulated, it's not the nicest match. And if you hear like this dad was at the ringside going, you know, he's only, he's only 16, he's only 17, leave him alone. And of course, that really blew up in ECW's face. And you had things like Sandman being crucified, which, you know, obviously WWE did do obviously the crucifying, you know, Austin on the symbol type thing. It's, it's very, um, it's very hard to, 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 you know, to sell that to people who, I say, and then you've got to consider this as something. When you syndicated, you probably don't have to worry about this. But when you are on network TV, they have to worry about commercials and who would actually buy a commercial in the middle of this show. And it's probably no one. So it did, I think, really hurt ECW in in the long run. Number two is pay per view companies not giving them, not paying them their money. the The stories that Paul Heyman says on the stories that come from um, the bankruptcy that ECW had to file is that ECW was owed around about two to three million 
from pay-per-view, the pay-per-view company, I think it was DirecTV, they, they had the option to delay payment by something like, I think it's like 18 months. And of course, they took that option. They just kept the money uh, for 18 months. So when you look at, uh, like my previous point about like, like WCW uh, raiding people who hadn't been paid, a lot of the time it was because they hadn't been paid. You know, they hadn't been paid by the pay-per-view. And one of the worst things about pay-per-views is, of course, you have to pay to be on pay-per-view. So you have to put a, like an upfront 100000 to be on it on the basis that, okay, if you make 200000 you at least, you know, you've doubled your money or, you, you know, whatever it is. And you at least got the 100000 to pay for the next one and so on and so forth. And, you know, Paul Heyman says that when they were actually last month or so, they were going into bankruptcy. And he hauled up one of the executives of DirecTV and just said, "Can you, if you can give us our money, we can carry on and you can get all these pay-per-views. And they said, the, the quote he said, something like they said, well, why would we do that? You're going into bankruptcy. Rather than paying out $2 million during bankruptcy, we'll only have to pay about half of that. And it's, it's, a, it's a shrewd business move by DirecTV. But in, in, in the whole sense, what they lost is a provider of, of wrestling pay-per-views because obviously WCW died shortly after that. And then they didn't, I don't think TNA uh, came about until probably the year, uh, it was about a year or two years later. If it, if it hadn't been for like something like UFC, when I'm starting to build up momentum, they probably would have died a death. Uh, but, you know, it, it, but the fact that they weren't being paid, there's a thought, a feeling that if if they had been paid, if, if DirecTV did just give them the money, ECW might have been around. It might have been, you know, a, a competitor, it may have been what TNA became, like all the people from WCW coming to like an ECW show. But even Paul Heyman says that probably wouldn't happen. They, still, they probably still would have ended up being almost like an FCW, NXT type thing, uh, which is kind of what they were sort of towards like the end of the like the last two years. But definitely, definitely hurt this uh, ECW. And then number one, we have the loss of network TV. Now, this was a real, I mean, almost like with WCW, this was a real blow to ECW. And the reason was is because all of Paul Heyman's deals at that point were rested on the fact that they had network TV. They had like action figures, they had uh, video games, they had magazines, they had t-shirts, they had all this distribution on the basis that they were on, I think it was TNN, which obviously became Spike. They lost it. Uh, obviously, they, they made a bigger deal with WWE uh, to come over. Uh, and if you've ever seen that promo where Paul Heyman, again, own worst enemy, talking about how, you know, given Vince McMahon 100 million like he needs it, you know, and of course, it is a horrible thing where you think, when you actually hear the stories about Paul Heyman basically going to every network and then the, the TNN basically saying, you, you, during this time, you're not allowed to negotiate with anyone. So he was basically stuck and he had no options left at that point. Uh, he basically, the company had to die. They, they had to basically not be on the network TV. They had to renege on all these contracts that required network TV. And it ultimately destroyed the company because of the, the impact that it had. Yeah, thankfully, WWE basically came and obviously picked the bones of everything that came with it. Sadly, as we're, WCW, it became the the invasion, uh, which could have been amazing, and I may have to do a, a like a, the best and worst things about the invasion if there are actually best things, which probably aren't. But um, it's it's sad when you actually think about ECW going like that because they were such a good company in it in in itself. I I always thought that ECW really worked 
the 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 mix really helped. It felt a bit like the way WCW was towards the end, um, during the middle bit. WCW one of its highlights was the fact that it had cruiserweights, it had luchas, it had the the heavyweights, it had great technical. It had all these 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 people who would do different things. So you had a little bit of everything. You had the Nitro girls. You had the women eventually, um, and you had I would say all these main events like Sting and Hogan and all these type of things. ECW almost became like that, where it would have all these great technical matches, and then it'd have the the blood and gore people would come for. Unfortunately, ECW lost became a sort of footnote in the the world of the wrestling. I still think what they were able to achieve in probably what five years was is still astounding. I think if um, I don't think if, I can't think of any company that was able to do that to that level. I mean, we can talk about TNA who tried and they, they were so close in like 2007, 2008 when they were getting video games and everything else and they were they were coming over to the UK on a regular basis and they were selling out Wembley Arena and you they, they had a two year span with TNA where they could they they could have not I don't think they'd ever have beaten WWE but they certainly could have been 100% number 2 like a WCW but unfortunately Bad business decisions, bad moments, bad bad everything, bad wrestling, bad 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 pay per views, and everything that came with it. And again, maybe TNA is something that I'd need to have a look at, um, or TNA or Impact or whatever they want to call themselves these days. But ECW, um, it's always good to um, it's always good to uh, reminisce on that. So if you've got the network, just type in ECW. Uh, there's there's definitely a, a lot more positives in there than you get in regard to negatives. I I don't recall seeing bad. ECW matches they were always great matches um if you if you didn't like gore obviously they weren't but the the storylines were always great they were always very gritty very realistic you know say uh, if you haven't watched any of those documentaries about ECW you certainly should because to say it's surprising how many people came through the ECW ranks people like Steve Austin you know Mick Foley say Chris Jericho Dean Malenko Eric Eddie Guerrero you know Terry Funk I can't remember if I said McFoley, but McFoley, the whole the whole feud that he had with Tommy Dreamer and Jerry Lawler, which was fantastic. The whole thing where where ECW invaded Raw and and everything that led up to something like Barely Legal, everything is is uh, everything was was great with ECW. They were just mismanagement, maybe maybe it was just a bad luck, maybe it was just they were in the wrong place, maybe they just didn't have the best deals and maybe if they had signed deals that said you you have to give us the paper money straight away that they would have they would have survived and they would have got better and they would have become that number two that tna tried and almost became uh, but then my thoughts in regards to the, the the top five reasons why ecw uh died uh, if you have any of your, your own thoughts please let me know it'd be interesting to see if you think that anything else catalytically uh set the ball rolling i, I think that the thing is with ECW is that the sad thing is that they were always a great show. As I say, with WCW, if you watch, if you actually go and watch some of the pay-per-views from like 2000, you'll see why WCW literally grew, drew flies um, to their events that they literally couldn't, you know, they could put Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, they could put anyone on that and no one cared. Uh, whereas with ECW, they could still put on a great show and it's just unfortunately... There was, there was there was no way that they could support it. Uh, but that's all for me. Thank you very much for listening. My name's Dangerous Dave, and you've been listening to WrestlingAudio.com. And I want to know one thing. How does that make you feel? Get in on the discussion. Well, the it doesn't matter how it makes you feel. Share your thoughts.
Pause with the host by following us at Wrestling Audio on Twitter and on Facebook. 